Looks like a game of politicians of the past versus the politicians of the present. We've heard a lot from, you know, guys like Bob Ray, Brian Mulroney, Bill Davis, and now Jean Chrétien, Roy Romano, all these guys are uh, coming in and saying, no, 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 naughty Premier Ford, you should not have pulled the trigger on this power, power that we created, but apparently you're not supposed to ever use it. So it begs the question, why have it? You know, Um, but nonetheless, I I kind of look and say, well, maybe that's because these guys governed in a day that did not have so many blockades, you know, these obstacles blocking their mandate. But there are premiers who are, in fact, coming out in support of Ford saying, look, he's justified to use the clause. Christy Clark, uh, I saw on the CBC last night, and uh, it was a really good interview. It was refreshing for a change. Uh, because she is, is, as you know, the former Liberal Premier of BC, but she joined Jean Charest and Brad Wall. And I think she captured the tone of maybe how we got to this point and maybe how people should be looking at what's going on here. I actually think it's a good thing for Canada because we are in a moment where Canadians are looking around saying, hey, why can't anything get done? Well, uh, Premier Ford has shown there is a way to find a way to get things done in spectacular fashion. Yeah. You can't get stuff done. Build a pipeline? Nope. Can't do anything. Reduce municipal council? Nope. I mean, a lot of people say, well, why this? Why now? Well, because you're never going to get rid of this city council. They are like Friday the 13th. They're like that guy Jason in Friday the 13th. They're just going to keep reappearing. Like they just will not let this happen. So I don't know. If not now, when? Uh, But nonetheless, I wanted to bring the former premier of Saskatchewan into the conversation because he's pretty level-headed, and I think he's fair about this. And in fact, Mr. Wall joins me now. Brad, you know, when you were premier in Saskatchewan, would you have pulled the trigger, let's say, on an issue like the premier did on reducing municipalities? I don't know if I would have on that specific issue, Alex. I don't know all the details, and I'm not on the ground there in Ontario uh, to, uh, to understand all the nuances at work here, I guess, and, uh, and any of the history. But, but in principle, I, wanted, I, I just want to say I certainly support a premier utilizing the notwithstanding clause. Uh, if it's uh, the view of the duly elected government that there might have been an overreach by the judge, that's what the override is for. You know, uh, way back when, when it was included as part of our Constitution, that was its purpose. And you know, Peter Lougheed was... Uh, uh, one of its proponents, and so was Alan Blakeney, the NDP premier of uh, of Saskatchewan at the time, and of course Quebec supported it. And I don't think we'd have a constitution today. Uh, we wouldn't have it repatriated, certainly. If the prime minister at the time, Trudeau, who didn't like the notwithstanding clause, did not uh, give in to the provinces who insisted on having it, having that protection against uh, and accountability for the, ju- the judiciary in our country. And so... I, in fact, used the notwithstanding clause, Alex, as you know, just a year ago. Um, and certainly signaled that I would be used a year ago. It was a ruling by a judge that mm-hmm. I thought was an overreach that threatened school choice in our province, threatened the uh, risk of the ability of our government to fund both public and separate. And if we chose private schools, perhaps uh, faith-based and other secular, it would limit school choice. Uh, and rather than appeal it and go through all of that cost, we wanted to send a signal to the province, to the people of Saskatchewan, we supported families and their and their ability to have school choice, their right to have school choice, and we were going to go right to uh, uh, the notwithstanding clause. And so we used Section 33 on a bill called the School Choice Act. So uh, it'd be pretty hard for me to be critical of its use by another government, uh, given the fact that we uh, 
we used it just about a year ago. It's the signal that's used uh, less, uh, less than a year ago now. Yeah, I mean, there have been a, a number of politicians, be it Bob Ray, Brian Mulroney, we even had the former Premier Bill Davis weigh in, and they were pretty, um, um, they were they were critical of Mr. Ford. They felt it was an overreach on, on his behalf. And then I hear conversations with you, uh, Christy Clark, as well as Jean Charest saying, well, well, hold on a second. Is it that we are in a different time? And do you think that, um, given your comments on the overreach of maybe the courts, that it's it was time it was pushed back on? Well, I don't know about the timing of it. I mean, I think, like I, I just tried to portray, it didn't get a lot of national coverage, but uh, just uh, just last year, uh, there was some a pushback, I guess, if you will, in Saskatchewan when we actually uh, moved on a, on a piece of legislation that included the notwithstanding clause to protect school choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's very current uh, and should and should be a signal that, you know, ultimately, I think Premier Clark said yesterday on CBC, I mean, the highest court in the land is the Parliament. Yeah. The Parliament and the legislatures and the provinces uh, and, and how they're duly constituted by our democratic process. The judges and the judiciary have a very important role to play uh, in. They actually, there, there is a role there for them to ensure that the rest of the system is accountable. But there has to be accountability for them as well, uh, especially uh, if some decisions fly in the face of, uh, of, uh, of a duly elected government that's trying to move in a particular area, in our case it was school of choice. You know, I've heard a lot of people weigh in on this thing, and there's a lot of hyperbole and a lot of uh, uh, sort of doomsday commentary from people. And uh, I've heard people questioning, well, what does this mean for the rule of law in Canada? Let's be very clear. The notwithstanding clause is very much a part of the rule of law in Canada. It is in our Constitution. It is Section 33. And, uh, And so I can't imagine something that's actually in our Constitution that is the foundation of our democracy. I can't imagine how that is some, and, it, and it's invo- and the invocation or the invoking of that clause by a government, how, how in the world is that sort of running against the rule of law uh, when it's a part of the Constitution? I've heard others say, well, well this opens the floodgate, and there'll be uh, a lot more, you know, this rarely used uh, tool will be used a lot. You know, they said that after every single time, and the few times, that the clause has been invoked by a province. That's been the prediction every time, and it's been wrong every time. So and I, I just think there's a lot of hyperbole around this and, uh, uh, and a lot of uh, uh, excitement. Uh, I, I understand that the part of activists on the other side who are natural opponents of, the pre, of Premier Ford and his party. Uh, but let's deal in fact. The fact is uh, it'll, it's been used rarely. It will continue to be used rarely. Uh, and the other fact is, it is very much part of the rule of law in Canada. Do you have any concerns? I mean, we had the Trans Mountain ruling last week. We have this now, this ruling. And, and I think, frankly, I think there's a general consensus that the judge here may have, you know, bent the charter a little bit to possibly see and see through the reasoning of his decision. Uh, more people were shocked that he actually did rule against the province. But in your view, um, do you think that there's a bit of an overreach in the courts that's happening too often now, overturning uh, the governing uh, at, at that time? Do you think there is too much overreach by the courts? You know, I, I'm not sure that there's more now than there has been uh, or that there's some sort of a trend towards more of this. Alex, I, I'm not sure I would, I, would, I would go there necessarily. However, the point is that whether, it's, uh, whether that is a, uh, a trend that's occurring, it's, whether it's more frequent or whether it is infrequent, Canadians still need the override protection that's represented by the notwithstanding clause. That was the vision of the premiers at the time, conservatives and MPPs and liberals who... Uh, 
We challenged Pierre Trudeau to include it in the Constitution, whether it's being used, uh, whether it's needed a lot or not needed at all. It needs to be there. Mm-hmm. It is a people, people, as you know, and uh, you've heard the discussion, people talk about, uh, people uh, discuss this issue in terms of well, what, what's available to various governments. This tool actually is, about, is, a, is available to the people. Uh, in, a, in our case, in school choice, uh, this school choice issue, uh, the massive majority of the people of my province uh, were, uh, were worried about the court ruling. And I do think that was an overreach by the judge. In that case, that was the position of our government. Then my interests weren't, frankly, uh, I wasn't that worried about uh, if any judge's feelings were hurt uh, mm-hmm. or about whether or not the notwithstanding clause is, is, uh, was worthy for that cause or will be used a lot more because we were simply going to do what we thought was right, what we were hearing from our, from our citizens, and that was to protect school choice. Mm-hmm. So that is a tool for the, the, the populace, the, the people of Canada, and it's an important one, and I'm glad it's there. I do have a concern, and I get the sense that there's a, con- a growing concern that we just can't get stuff done in this country. And Ms. Clark pointed it out. You just, you can always find a way now, uh, whether it's through activism and or uh, from, let's indigenous groups and or special interest parties, you can stop policy you don't like, because I think the the charter, and correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of being manipulated, and, and that's my concern, is we have governing going on, and we can't get stuff done, be it getting resource to market, or reducing council, or, 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 it just seems to be kind of a growing thing in this country. Well, with respect to TMX, I mean, I'm, I'm concerned on that one. I, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, um, but I've read the ruling, and I work in close proximity that some of the finest lawyers in the country. Uh, and I just have a problem with that, that particular ruling. There's two issues there. The, one, of the, one of the issues was on scope, um, that the panel said the scope uh, hadn't properly identified marine impact, uh, even though the substance of the, of the presentation was acknowledged to have addressed it, really wasn't spelled out in scope. And there's legal precedent where judges have sort of noted that and, and been critical of it, but let it go. Uh, the other issue was on consultation. And, and I... There was a significant uh, amount of consultation, and here I'll defend the federal government. I mean, I'm aware of ministers being hands-on, and not just the consulting, but then accommodating changes required of the proponent. So fundamentally on TMX, I think that the judges just got it wrong. Now, that's not subject to what, uh, what we're talking about today, any tools of government other than to redo it. So, yeah, I'm real concerned about the signal that sends uh, for major energy infrastructure projects. Uh, being able to approve in any kind of a timely way and there being any certainty around it in this case because I personally believe, as is my right as a citizen of the country, that the panel uh, got it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got it wrong in this case. And, uh, and so every, so back to the original discussion, if there are certain uh, areas like there is in this particular case, or in my case school choice, where there's a remedy for that for, for some judge maybe getting it, maybe getting it wrong because we all make mistakes, well, then that remedy is a good thing, uh, and it should be used if needed. It's very emotional here in Toronto. There's a lot of hysteria. But on the outside looking in, do you look at this as an abuse of power? Well, again, I don't know a lot of the details about the background here, but I mean, I, I, and, and it, I'm an interloper. I'm out here in Saskatchewan, and maybe none of my business. Uh, but uh, if, uh, so at the end of the day, when, when this legislation passed, There'll be fewer. There'll be a duly constituted city council in Toronto, is my understanding. It'll just be smaller. So I, you know, I'm a small government guy. I'm a free enterpriser. So I, I don't quite get the 
the concern. And, when, and so when and people aren't necessarily concerned about the issue itself as much as they are about the use of the clause, then I return to remember that it is very much part of the rule of law in our country. It is in the Constitution. And secondly, every time it's used, people predict, those who oppose its use in any circumstance predict, this is open to the floodgate and watch it they invoke now uh, much more frequently, and they've been wrong every time. Uh, so maybe that, I hope maybe that provides some comfort to those who are particularly excited today about this issue. Yeah, well, we'll see where this goes, but the fight, I have a feeling it's going to be, what, we're up to eight lawsuits now, uh, Mr. Wall, so I don't think this is going to stop, but we'll, we'll uh, chat with you again. Thanks so much. All right, all the best to you, Alex. Take care. That is Brad Wall, the man who should be prime minister of this country, and you can't convince the guy to run. He's done with politics, sadly. What a loss for this country. But I do think he has a fair and level-headed approach to this conversation. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.